Welcome to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast. We hope and pray the following message blesses your life. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit us at nlcclancaster.com. I invite you to 1 Kings chapter 20 and verse number 23. <clears throat> This is 1 Kings chapter 20 and verse 23. And the servants of the king of Syria said unto him, Their gods are gods of the hills. Therefore, they were stronger than we. But let us fight against them in the plain and surely we will be stronger than they. On February the 7th of last year, I preached a sermon from this passage of scripture entitled, The God of the Valley. The God of the Valley. Today, taking this same scripture in a different direction, I speak to you from this thought, champions in the ebb and in the flow. In our text, Benadad, king of Syria, in a league with, think about this now, in a league with 32 other kings and kingdoms, brought an attack against Ahab and Israel arrogantly assuming that they would easily overcome them, that during that attack they would kidnap their wives and children and steal all of their gold and all of their silver, and they would leave Israel devastated, destitute, and dead. To their surprise, Ahab and his small army of Israelites totally defeated them and Abinadad and his huge army barely escaped with their lives. They come back, they reorganize, and they analyze their defeat, and they came to the conclusion that they had been defeated by Israel because the God of Israel assisted them. They further looked into this situation and concluded that they had been defeated because they fought Israel on the mountain and their supposition was the God of Israel was only a God of victory on the mountains. Therefore, those 32 kings came together again with Benadad, reasoned among themselves and said, we really should attack them in the valley. If we come against them in the valley, victory will be ours. And so they did. They brought their kingdoms together and fought against Israel a second time, not on the mountain, but in the valley. And they misjudged Jehovah. And again, they were totally defeated, proving that the Lord God was not subject to mountains or to valleys, he just is Israel's God. And he is the God of all circumstances. With that story in mind, I want to speak to you this morning about champions. 
You, you are a champion in the ebb and in the flow. If you would allow me for a few moments, I would like to identify the mountain as the flow and the valley as the ebb. The ebb and the flow. And that begs the question, what is the ebb and the flow? The ebb and the flow are the two phases of the ocean tide. The ebb is the outgoing phase. And when the tide drains away from the shore, that's called the ebb. The flow is the incoming phase when the waters return again with life. And I want to concentrate mostly on the ebb because I think this is where we find ourselves a lot of times in this thing called life. The ebb is also described as the reflux of the tide going back into the sea. It is also known as a point reached after things in your life have gotten worse. It means simply to get worse. In a sentence you might say morale seems to have reached its all-time lowest ebb. And it is a point of falling off or it is a condition of decline. The ebb means to die down, losing intensity, passion, and strength. It is the weakening of something that at one time was good. It is the fall from a higher to a lower state. It's going from better now to worse. Simply put, the ebb is a recess. It is to go back, withdraw, retreat, diminish, decline, fade, dwindle away, and move away. And so the mountain we know as the flow and the valley we know as the ebb. In this thing called life, the flow was the day that you was hired. You would call that the flow. The ebb would be the day that you was fired. The flow was the wedding day. The ebb is the day that you thought this would never go the way it's going. The flow is when you reach into your pocket and there's money there and all bills have been paid and then the ebb is another bill shows up and you're broke. The flow is you receive a great doctor's report the ebb is when the doctor says, we need to look into this a little further. The flow is a Sunday morning service at New Life when the Holy Ghost and the fire falls from heaven upon you and your family. The ebb is Monday morning when you can't seem to feel or find God. The flow is when every prayer you pray is answered. The ebb is when you declare that the heavens are brass and God seems to be missing somewhere. The flow is when Satan is defeated and you have him under your feet. The ebb is when the enemy comes in like a flood and you didn't know it was even coming. The flow is when you are instant in season. The ebb is when you are called upon by God to be instant out of season. You see, Paul wrote to Timothy and he said this in 2 Timothy chapter 4, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Timothy, 
preach the word. Be instant in the flow. Be instant in season and be instant in the ebb out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Does not matter, Timothy. Sometimes you're going to be called upon in the flow to move with God and do the will of God. And sometimes you're going to be called upon out of season in the ebb and you must do the will of God then as well. The ebb for us today with all that's going on around our world can be described in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 1. This know also that in the last days... Right now, perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, and they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. Don't get involved in that. From such, turn away. So there are certain times in life when God expects you to be in season. We call that the flow. We love it. I love it. And then there are times when God calls you to be in season when it's really out of season. And you must, you must trust him. The apostle Paul was the master of the ebb. And he declares this in Philippians chapter 4 verse 12 and 13. I know both how to be abased. I know what the ebb is like. And I know how to abound. That's when the flow is going on. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full, that's the flow, and to be hungry, that's the ebb, both to abound and to suffer need. And he describes all of that, and then he makes it clear how you and I on this Sunday, regardless of where we find ourselves, and there are some that are in the flow today, but there are others that are in the ebb, the ebb and the flow. Some have the waters today coming in, and it's victorious. Others, you feel the receding, and you're wondering how this can happen, and where is everything going and how does it all go backwards like this so quickly? But in all of that, Paul said, I know how to be abased. I know what it's like to go through the ebb and I also know how to abound and how to be in the flow. I know how to be full and how to be hungry. And he said, this is the secret to the ebb and the flow of this thing called life in Christ. He makes it clear in verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I declare unto you that Jesus Christ is the God of the mountain. I guarantee you, bring the 32 armies with you, Benadad, and you will be defeated on the mountain and in the flow because God is with Israel. And turn around and decide because you lost that battle on the mountain that you will attack Israel in the valley because they're in, a, they're in the ebb right now. Things are not going well for them right now. They're not on the mountaintop of victory. 
victory right now. You're there in the valley and it seems to be the valley of deceit. And so go ahead, go ahead, Benadad, bring your other 32 buddies with you and bring their, their, bring their mighty armies to the valley and you'll find out that God is not just the God for Israel on the mountain, but he's also the God for Israel in the valley. And I would say on this Sunday that there are more people going through more things in this hour and the fear and, the, and all of the things that's coming against our world has a lot of people shaken in this hour and it feels like everything is receding and where's all this going to end up at? I'm just going to tell you right now up front and let you know that the God we serve is not just with us on the mountain, but he's with us in the ebb of life and when things seem to flow against us, mark it down, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and there's no variableness, neither shadow of turning. What he was is what he is. What he has done is what he can do. So whether you're on the mountain or in the valley, mark it down. This is a day of victory for the church because greater is he that's in you and the flow and he that's in you and the ebb, in the ebb and the flow. God is on your side on this Sunday morning. Come on, somebody clap your hands under the Lord and receive a word from God today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The last portion of 2 Corinthians 6 and 2 goes like this. Behold, now is the accepted time. It does not say now because you're in the flow, it's the accepted time. It does not say now that you're in the ebb, it's the accepted time. It simply says now is the accepted time. But pastor, you don't know, it's not, I'm not in season right now. I, it's just not my season for, for, for good things. No, I'm telling you right now that it is now, now is the accepted time. Doesn't matter where you are now is the day of salvation. The accepted time is not predicated on the circumstances that you are dealing with. He is God all the time. We have ups and downs. We have good days and bad days. We find ourselves in the flow one morning and by evening in the ebb. And the tide comes and goes. But can I tell you that he does not change. He is God. His will doesn't change. His word doesn't change. His plan doesn't change. His power doesn't change. His name doesn't change. He's the same. We're wishy-washy sometimes with the ebb and the flow. But can I tell you, my God is always there. He's always a victor. He's always a winner. He's always triumphing. He's always the victory for the, for the people of God and the saints of God. In other words, the ebb and the flow are irrelevant when it comes to your faith in God. The ebb and the flow are irrelevant when it comes to the word of God. The ebb and the flow are irrelevant when it comes to the power of the Holy Ghost. Perilous times may come upon our world this morning, but I hear the word of the Lord say in Acts chapter 2 and verse 17. Oh, thank God for Acts chapter 2 and verse 17. Thank God for the 17th verse of the second chapter of the book of Acts. Thank God for Acts 2:17. Thank God for this verse of scripture. 
Hallelujah. Do you think I'm excited about it? You're right. Praise God. Because it says, it shall come to pass, saith God. It doesn't say it's going to come to pass because you're in the flow. It doesn't say you're, it's going to come to pass because you're on the mountain. It says it shall come to pass in the last days. I know there's perilous times in the last days, but it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see vision, and your old men shall dream dreams. Hallelujah. If you're in the flow, it's the last day. Flow with it. If you're in the ebb, it's the last day. Let God touch you. He knows exactly where you're at, but he's promised that in this last day, there's going to be an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Get under the spout where the glory comes out and let the Holy God of Israel touch you today. Faith, faith, faith does not listen to fear. Faith listens to the word of God. I want to say that again. Faith is not interested in what fear has to say because God has not given us. You see, the enemy will attack you in the ebb because you're subject to a little bit of insecurity and fear. So he brings his second attack against you there. When he realizes he could not get you on the mountain, he says, just wait till they get in the ebb and watch what happens. But we don't look at the enemy as one who can dictate to us because of our circumstances and say to us, because you're low or down or going through a trial, this is a good time for you to give up. No, we understand that our faith in God does not base itself and the actions of our faith are not limited to what fear has to say to us. It's time to step. The just shall live by faith. It doesn't say the just shall just barely get by. It doesn't say the just is just going to struggle in. No, the Bible says the just shall live by faith. And I'll tell you, sometimes the just are on the mountain. And sometimes the just find themselves in the valley. But whether it's a mountaintop or the valley, the just live. Hallelujah. You're looking at a church that is alive. You're looking at the people of God that know how to live regardless of the circumstances. This world may turn against this Bible, but we've already put this word in our heart. We've hid it in our heart that we might not sin against God. And can I tell you, there's a holy touch of God coming to this house on this Sunday morning that's going to set somebody free. It's not the will of God for you to struggle out of this place. It's the will of God for you to touch him and let him touch you in the ebb and the flow of life. Let him touch you today. Faith does not listen to fear. Faith listens to the word of God. The greatest victories will be won in the ebb when it's the toughest. Let me say that again. The greatest victories. Oh, the greatest praise is not the celebration of praise. And I simply mean by that, the greatest praise is not in the flow when everything's being celebrated in a good way. The greatest praise is in the sacrifice of praise. Yeah. 
when nothing is going right in your life and yet you praise him if for nothing else you praise him for who he is. That's why Paul said in Hebrews 13, 15, by him therefore let us offer up the celebration of praise to God continually. No, that's not, I was expecting a rebuttal from the congregation. So let me read it again and see if I get a rebuttal. By him therefore let us offer the, the celebration of praise to God. It does not say celebration. It says, by him therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks unto his name. I'm just telling you that the sacrifice of praise never comes when you're in the flow. That's the celebration of praise. But if you want to know where the sacrifice of praise comes, it's when you are in the ebb and you are down and you're not, it's not going right for you and you don't see a way out, but you're going to say, I'm going to praise him anyway. I'm going to magnify him in the ebb. I'm going to be victorious in him regardless of what I'm going through. Come on, somebody say, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And I'm almost finished. My last point comes to you from Acts chapter 16 and verse 23. Hallelujah. Everyone say the sacrifice of praise. Everyone say, I'm going to praise him in the ebb. Everybody say, I'm going to praise him in the flow. But I'm also going to praise him in the ebb. It's the ebb and the flow. Hallelujah. I find two apostolic men in Acts 16. Paul and Silas. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Acts 16, 23. And when they had laid many stripes upon them. Sounds like the ebb to me. It doesn't sound like a Sunday morning Holy Ghost service. When they had laid many stripes upon them. There are people who have walked in here this morning. I feel the Holy Ghost speaking to your heart because you have many stripes that this thing called life has given to you this week. Many stripes upon them. They cast Paul and Silas into prison charging the jailer to keep them safely. Who, having received such a charge, said, you know what? I've got, I've got the responsibility of this man Paul and this man Silas. I'm not going to just leave them in the prison. I'm going to put them in the inner prison. I'm going to make sure they don't get out. They get out, I die. I'm not leaving them in the prison with all the other prisoners. I'm taking them to solitary confinement. I'm taking them into the inner prison. I'm putting their feet in stocks. And so there they are. Their backs are laid open. They're in the innermost dungeon. Their hands are in bonds. Their feet are in stocks. They're in trouble. There's no way out. This is not a good time to praise God. This would be a good time to worry about the wounds I have on my back 
and the stocks I have on my feet and the bonds I have on my hands, I'm in the ebb. You think I'm going to praise him now? I praise, I will praise him when I'm in the flow, but it don't get much lower than this. Not just the dungeon, the innermost dungeon. Not just down, way down. Not just defeated, truly defeated. I don't know how else to tell you. It's about midnight, and I'm not sure this is the right time to praise God. Because you just don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I've faced. You don't know how bad it's been. You don't know how many enemies I have. You just don't know, preacher, what I'm going through. All I know is Paul and Silas at the lowest point of the ebb said to one another, let's praise God. Let's sing and magnify the Lord. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises to God so loud that the prisoners in the other part of the prison heard them. But not only were they heard by the prisoners, when you praise God in the ebb, hallelujah, can I tell you that all of heaven recognizes the fact that God is hearing you as well and heaven begins to rejoice when you begin to praise God and it's in the ebb and you sacrifice to God a hallelujah. Some of you have not been able to get a hallelujah out this morning, but I challenge you in your lowest moment, open your voice, sing your song, declare your God, magnify him in your midnight hour and the holy God of Israel is going to send an earthquake that's going to shake that place and set you free and give you great deliverance. The sacrifice of praise can only be offered in the ebb of this thing called life. Hallelujah. So today, as I bring this message to a close, hallelujah, I would that men would lift up holy hands without wrath and without doubting and say, God, I may be in a precarious situation, but you're God Almighty, and you are God all by yourself. And this is a sacrifice of praise. I promise you, if you will praise him in your valley, he will show up. How do you know, Pastor? Because I read the song of Solomon chapter 2 and verse one, number 1. He said, I am the rose of Sharon, and I am the lily of the valley. And that concludes this podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. And for those of you on iTunes, leave us a good rating. Thank you for listening to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast.